What's up guys, Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's RSM Classic. And we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about the RSM Classic. We've gotta do a little housekeeping. We've gotta recap the Masters real quick. You are uh you're gonna wanna hang around for this one, I think. The uh the community had some major wins that I want to be able to shout out. But first, a couple of quick housekeeping items. Of course, there is a live chat Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel for all final ownership thoughts, any weather concerns, just question and answer for the RSM Classic. That will be available. Also, um, if you have not taken advantage of a, a new account on William Hill yet, if you live in either New Jersey, Indiana, or Illinois, there are some great offers available to you, really good offers. One that we had a member uh, take advantage of this week, which I'll, I'll talk to you about in a second. Um, go to rickrungood.com slash Hill. basically free bets of multiple hundreds of dollars. Um, but I want to talk about some of these winners real quick, and I, I just narrowed it down. I got a lot of emails. I got a lot of uh, DMs, some tweets. I, I just want to, I want to narrow it down to the ones that I thought were, uh, were were most interesting. So bear with me here just a minute or two. I think you're going to want to hang for this. So first off, uh, Kyle Neff turned his $13 into $126. Congratulations. Callum McCallan, $7 into $375. Great ROI. Uh, now, now we're already getting into the thousands here. Jay won, I believe he won the 20 max birdie, but he was $60 into $1,095. Maybe he didn't win it, but he had a lot of great lineups. I love seeing people have success in the birdie. That's one of my favorite contests, probably my favorite contest that's out there. Uh, Rex, Rex used his free William Hill bet. So he deposited a hundred, got a $250 free bet, put that $250 free bet on Dustin Johnson and won $2,125, which I absolutely love. Alex Waldman, again, I love these single entry ones. That's why I love shouting these out too. Won the single entry dog leg. That's the $33 for $3,000. Congratulations. MJI, uh, with baby on the way, first of all, congrats on that. Turned his $56 into $3,076 on DraftKings. And now we're getting into um, some serious money here, guys. So first of all, I... I've also uh, not releasing their full name, so so I'll just go with this. So Ray uh, tied for first in the four hundred thousand dollar contest on DraftKings for seventy thousand dollars. Congratulations, Ray! Seventy thousand. TK sent me an unbelievable email uh, describing his experience on Sunday when Cam Smith comes in and gets all four rounds under 70, gets the bonus. Uh, just a, 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 I owe you a response, TK. Unbelievable story in the Fantasy Golf World Championships. Wins $100,000. Congratulations. And, and how often you know, do we do these shout-outs and 100000 isn't the biggest one? Well, th- this week, it's not the biggest one. It's crazy. Chad, Chad in the Slack channel, in the Rick Run Good Slack channel last night, drops a screenshot of a single bullet on FanDuel, a single bullet in their $1 million guaranteed contest, $15 wins it all, 200 grand up top. Uh, he said he used the Holy Grail, the lineup optimizer. I mean, it, I was looking at the lineup. It might have been the optimal lineup you could have had on FanDuel 
last week. It was just absolutely awesome to turn 15 into 200,000 is uh, mind boggling. I'm so thrilled. The community had an amazing week. I mean, just those three wins, 370 grand. Like I'm, 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 I'm just as I, I'm obviously not as excited as you guys are because you won the money, but like, I'm, I'm stoked about it. And like, it's good to see the community rally around it. It, it was so much fun last night getting these messages. Um, yeah. So just, just really proud of everybody. And, and we're going to try to do it again this week, right? RSM Classic, we're going to run it back. If you would like to win um, a subscription to rickrungood.com, if you'd like to join you know, the community, use the same tools that, that we're all having such great success with, uh, you can enter to win a subscription. Or you can just sign up. Go sign up right now at rickrungood.com. That'll take care of it. Or uh, if you want to enter a draw, there's two ways to do it. So if you're here on YouTube, you can... Uh, like this video, make sure you're subscribed to the Rick Run Good YouTube channel and comment below with who is going to win the RSM Classic. That's one way. The other way, the easier way, odds are more in your favor. Go over to the podcast version of this show. It's called 300 Yards to Unknown. Um, leave a five-star rating and review. Say something nice about the show. Leave me your Twitter handle. That will give you an entry. Do them both. Enter twice. Winners from last week, which I told them would be six-month subscriptions for the Masters, so I'll, I, I'll get you set up there. Ad Koala, or AD Koala, and Burke Wiley are your winners from last week. So I've already reached out. I will get you all set up with your six-month subscriptions. This time around, RSM Classic will do a month. I think that's fair. We'll do something big coming up in the future. But uh, get your entries into the draw. Last week's recap. First of all, DJ just scorches earth, goes out, shoots 20 under par. There is a lot of... Uh, reaction podcasts that I did for the first cut pod for CBS sports. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. It was a great week. Um, we did okay with the fades and the sleeper. So fades last week were Brooks who finished T seven and Webb who finished T 10, not great, but they didn't burn us. Uh, Justin Rose T 23, Jordan Spieth T 46, Henrik Stenson miscut. Those are all fine. So we didn't really get burnt anywhere. They were okay. Sleepers. Um, we missed the cut with Matthew Wolf. We missed the cut with Jason Kokrak. I had JT as a sleeper. and I told you not to at me. I only got one person who, who tweeted me about him being a sleeper. It was more in response to his ownership. But that was good fun, though. Um, he finished fourth, which was, which was great. I, I believe he did end up being the lowest owned of the 10K guys. So I think we were correct on that. Um, Scotty Scheffler was another sleeper. He finished T19. And then the big sleeper that... A lot of my lineups that had success, a lot of the lineups that I saw sent to me had success with was Cam Smith. He was the big sleeper of the week, finishes second, only guy in Masters history to shoot four rounds under 70. Absolutely phenomenal stuff from Cam Smith. So that was uh, a great little one right there. All right. I think that was it. I mean, I could talk about the Masters for another hour or two. Um, congratulations to all of those who had great success. Uh, many more I didn't even mention, but so much goodness coming from, from the community right now. Love to see it. Um, let's focus our attention. Let's go in on the RSM Classic right now. RSM Classic and this week's course, uh, or should I say courses, uh, is in Sea Island, uh, Georgia. Sea Island Resort. Uh, if that sounds familiar to you, it's because uh, there are a lot of 
professionals that play out of this area. I mean, there's this contingent of, of golfers, Kutcher and Kisner and, and guys that have ties to the University of Georgia or South Carolina. Like there's just a lot of golfers in this area. So you hear it referenced um, quite a bit. Now, here's what's interesting. They're going to use two courses, right? So there's the seaside course and there is the plantation course. Uh, the seaside course is the course that I have loaded into the course key stats uh, tool because that is the one that has had historically shot link data. Uh, I don't expect that to change this year and for them to also provide coverage for the plantation course. So that goes throughout the strokes gain database, the Holy Grail. If the numbers look, um, you know, like they don't add up, like, oh, there's this guy played three rounds here last year. It's because the plantation course doesn't have that shot link data available. So very similar to uh, Torrey Pines, where they use the North and the South course. Uh, each player will play uh, each course on Thursday and Friday. They'll make the cut and then they'll go back to the host course, which is the seaside course for the final two rounds. So if you make the cut, you'll play three rounds at the seaside course. And then the plantation course will only be used for one of them. Um, I will try to tweet out throughout the week. I'll go back and I'll pull past years and see if there was any advantage or any draw. Like if you get to play you know, the seaside course Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, maybe playing it three times in a row is better than having to play the plantation course uh, in the middle there. So anyway, I'll, I'll tweet all that stuff out. Uh, so follow me at Rick run. Good. Uh, this, the seaside course, par 70, 7,000 yards, Bermuda grass, the plantation course, it's par 72. It's a little bit longer. I believe it plays a bit, uh, a bit easier, but what I'll show you is the host course data for this week. And there's not a real, you know, we saw last week at, at Augusta national, there were some very, very strong correlations to, um, to that course, right. To, to the model that I run, which looks back at the last, uh, 12 years of, of PGA tour data and looks at the last, um, however many years I have available of, of course history. In this case, we have a pretty good bit. I think this goes back to at least 2010. So we should have at least 10 years in here. Um, and it tries to find these stats and, and build a profile of golfers. So, um, driving accuracy was the number one, most important of the common stats. Uh, the number one most important stat altogether would have been par three birdie or better leaders. Uh, some of them get pretty, get pretty, uh, detailed, uh, but driving accuracy, very important. There were only 10 other courses on the PGA tour where driving accuracy, uh, or players who rank highly in driving accuracy, uh, did better. And then driving distance was actually number two. So we don't usually see these two go together as one and two. Now, neither of them are as strongly correlated as, as some other stats that we've seen uh, around the world of golf, but accuracy and driving distance one, two, and then strokes gain putting. But again, the, you're starting to get outside really important correlations when you go outside of the, both the driving distance and the driving accuracy, uh, which you could, I guess, just really cook in as total driving. You could cook it in as strokes gained off the tee, whatever you want. But let me sort while we're here in terms of driving accuracy for this field. James Hahn leads the way this season uh, at 6,900. Webb Simpson, we're going to talk a lot about him this week, 11,002. Ches Reeves, 7,500. Sadoshi Kadaira is 62. And Matt uh, Kuchar round out the top five at 7,400. And you're trying to find, you know, uh, correlations between guys that hit it far and hit it 
accurately, uh, that's they're not usually things that go together. Probably the best example of it is Sam Burns, who's averaging 317 yards per drive this season and hitting 65% of his fairways, uh, definitely on the plus side of both of those categories. So for distance, you're talking about Joaquin Neiman, who we're going to keep a close eye on this week. Remember, he tested positive for COVID-19 prior to the Masters, had to withdraw. He is technically, at the time of me recording this, Still in the field. We will see if he is still in the field come Thursday, so we'll keep a close eye on that. Wyndham Clark, Sam Burns, Luke List, and Will Gordon rounds out the top five in terms of driving distance, if that's a stat that you want to focus on. Uh, But I want to jump over to the cheat sheet because there is a lot to talk about. It's a pretty deep field, all things considering it's the week after the Masters. And let's see what we've got going on in in terms of pricing. Five golfers over $10,000, led by Webb Simpson at $11,200, Sung J M $11,000, Tommy Fleetwood $10,700, Terrell Hatton $10,400, Russ Henley $10,001. So let's let's just talk about Webb, right? I mean, he's he's the favorite. He is the most expensive golfer on the slate. You know, he was a a fade for me last week um, and not even a, a long, wet, Augusta National uh, could keep Webb Simpson out of the top 10. I, I think we're just really are getting to the point where there's not many bad courses for him anymore. You know, he's so good from fairway through green uh, that, he, that he can play himself into almost any any leaderboard. And and then you start to go places where he's really done well, and that's where he's worth the 11200 right? You know, he's got a runner-up finish here in 2020. He has a third-place finish here in 2019. Actually, I think he's got even better history than that. Uh, let me go back here, change this to RSM. So his full history also includes a runner-up finish in 2011. It also includes a 12th and a 7th along the way. I mean, he's just been he's just been phenomenal here. Uh, he's great. He wins. He's won, what, twice this year, Waste Management and RBC Heritage. He's a winner. He's worth the $11,200. Um, and, and I actually, you know, used to do this in the value matrix all the time. Webb Simpson, over $10,000, uh, the, for the most part, pays himself off. Uh, whether it's a win or not, he, he, he tends to pay himself off. Sung JM at 11,000 is really interesting. You know, I think he's going to be a guy that we're going to spend a lot of time on in the uh, in the live chat on Wednesday because I'm really interested to see what the ownership is coming off of the runner-up finish last week, right? He didn't drop to third. I'm pretty sure he finished um, tied tied two with, with Cam Smith. He did, yes. Okay, so when, you know, as much as I love Sung Jae, and if you followed anything – like I, I'm, I love this guy. The game, the natural progression, everything about him is phenomenal. What we haven't seen as much in the restart is the consistency. You know, he pops up at like Wyndham, I think, and he pops up maybe at like Shriners, but we haven't seen him do it back to back weeks. Now we saw that before the restart, right? We or before the shutdown, we saw you know, him win at Honda, then finish third at API. Uh, he played well all over the place. We that my only only concern with Sung Jay this week is, is the consistency. So I, I I'm interested to see what the ownership is. Um, Fleetwood and Hatton, I, I think they're both fine. You know, Hatton missed the cut last week. Fleetwood, uh, found himself, found himself inside the top 20. I, I think they're fine. I think they're fairly priced. Russell Henley certainly moves the needle for me, right? He's 11,000 or I'm sorry. He's 10,100 did not play the masters last week. Um, remember that, that field locked in, in the original April date. So he did not qualify and he's played great 
since the restart. So I have this, I have the Holy Grail open right now, and I'm and I'm looking just since um, the PGA Tour's restart, which was in June. We have a bunch of tournaments to go off of, and I'm just going to sort by strokes gained approach. And it's going to take a second. It's a lot of data. Here you go. Martin Laird, technically number one, but he only has 12 rounds. Russell Henley, number two, 44 rounds under his belt. He's gaining 1.15 strokes on approach per round since the restart. It's a phenomenal number. And anybody else who has a sample size in this field, call it at least 20 rounds, uh, is like, what, almost a half a stroke? Four-tenths of a stroke per round behind him. Matthew Neesmith is next best. Um, It's really incredible what he's been able to do. The putter, the only thing that's been even a bit of an issue, he's a slight negative in that category, but my goodness, um, that's okay. You know, get a hot putter for a week. He's got like four top ten finishes in his last seven or eight starts. He leads this field in strokes gained T to green. Probably leads this field in in strokes gained total. Yeah, he does. He's he's a, a, a tenth of a stroke above Webb Simpson in strokes gain total, which is kind of crazy. Now, this is also, keep in mind, this is the official data. So this does not include events that did not have shot link data. So Webb doesn't get credit for the Masters here. Okay, keep that keep that in mind. Uh, but but what Henley's doing right now is, is hard to ignore. The 9K range is kind of, uh, kind of sick. I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot of good plays and a lot of Bad plays in here. So uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, 9,900. You know, we can look up Matthew Fitzpatrick. I'm not going to have his strokes gain numbers from last week, but, um, you know, I am going to have uh, everything else. And he barely made the cut. So he makes the cut on the number at even par last week and finishes, I think, outside the top 40, let's call it. Let me just sort here for Matthew Fitzpatrick. And while we've seen him pop up, and while we've seen him actually turn the corner a bit with the ball striking and he's not so reliant on the putter anymore, I'm still still worried about that. And I'm even more worried about the price tag, right? I mean, at 9900 what does he have to do? Almost win the golf tournament, right? I mean, you're talking about he's the sixth most expensive golfer. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick doesn't have a PGA Tour win. He's got a couple of European Tour wins, right? I think he has five of them worldwide. Won a couple of years ago in Europe, Omega Masters, I believe. Um it's just hard to back somebody. It's almost like the Tony Finau situation. When Tony Finau gets up into this price range, it's like, I kind of need you to win. And there hasn't been much evidence of that. Harris English uh, is someone I'd much prefer. So he's $9,700. Again, did not play the Masters because of the April set date. I mean, we can look at him in the Holy Grail. And I think you're going to find a lot of things that are similar um, from, uh, yeah, you're going to, you're going to find a similarities with, with Russell Henley, right? I mean, the top three guys in strokes gain total, total in the restart, Henley, Webb, English, Matthew, actually Matthew Fitzpatrick is third. So I should give credit where credit it's due. I'd argue a lot of it is coming right here from the putter. Uh, but credit where credit is due, uh, you know, Harris English, he, he was the one that, that was the victim of, of, of Dustin Johnson's 30 under par at the Northern trust, right? That was an event Harris English could have won. And unless he runs into a buzzsaw like DJ, maybe he does win. Uh, he's just been so great. So phenomenal. I would much rather take Harris English here at $9,700 instead of, uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick at 99. And then, you know, Jason Day probably out on, you know, I kind of uh, gave him one more crack at, at Augusta last week. Didn't really pan out. I'll wait and see. Louis Ustazen probably in on. You know, Louis's got one of these 
uh, really good streaks going on. His cut streaks, uh, I believe, one of the longest on the PGA Tour at the moment. That sweet swing, his ability to just to get the job done. You got to love that. And then I'm going to keep a close eye on, again, as I mentioned, Sebastian Mu- or I'm sorry, uh, Joaquin Neiman at 91. And then Sebastian Munoz at 9. Um, listen, he, he finished 19th last week, which in a vacuum would have been great. He has a lot of great results since the restart. But man, if this guy could ever put four rounds together, like just put four rounds together, dude, he's almost like uh, maybe just play him in showdown or something, right? I mean, he's going to have a couple of great rounds. He's probably going to punt uh, punt his position away in another. But yeah, I, I do, in theory, just continue to like the way that he's that he's playing golf right now. Top of the 8K is really interesting. And again, um, I will I will love to see this on on Wednesday for the live chat. Uh, Corey Connors, who I think we correctly identified uh, a week or two ago that Corey Connors was rounding the corner. Uh, he was in, uh, I believe, my, my single entry lineup last week that that made me the most money. So he finishes 10th at the Masters, uh, 24th in Houston, 8th at the Zozo before that. So we're getting the ball striking return of Corey Connors that, that we've, that we've been missing 8,900 is starting to get to the top tier of what I want to pay for Corey Connors. Uh, that will, that decision will be dictated a lot by the ownership. Dylan Fratelli is interesting too. You know, he pops at times. He had the 11th at the Zozo fifth at the masters missed the cut in between hits the ball far. Again, that's probably reliant on ownership. And then the last guy there is, is Kokrak, you know, Kokrak, one of the most popular players on the slate last week, misses the cut, gets a $1,700 price increase. Now, what does the, the, the world do with him? What does the industry do with him? Um, if he's, if he's going to check in at 12% or less, I'm probably going to go back to that. Uh, you know, he, he misses the cut at the masters. Was it ugly? Was it great? No, it wasn't. I think he played uh, really poorly on Friday. I want to say, I think he played okay on Thursday, pretty poorly on Friday, misses the cut. He's still generally the same person, right? He's still got a bunch of top 20s in, in his last eight to 10 starts, uh, still hits the ball a long way, still can find a hot putter at times like we saw at the CJ Cup, right? Um, I, I, I'm not ready to give that up. I'll be interested to see what the ownership number is. And then the bottom of this 8K range, my goodness, like, can I, how much can I invest in Mackenzie Hughes and, and Doc Redman? Let me, let me pull these guys up for you here. Here's, here's Mackenzie Hughes. Um, so here he is, and, you, and you'll notice the, the thing that I, I generally don't like, right? He's a short game specialist, but he's gained strokes putting in basically, I mean, without even counting this up, it looks like 19 of his last 20 events. Uh, around the green, basically, he's gained in 12 of his last 13, something like that. What I don't like about the way he plays, I like the way that the results come in. So you can see, I mean, since the Honda Classic, where he finished second to Sung J M. He's basically got a top 15 in half of his last 16 starts. So we're talking about eight of his last 16 starts. He's finished inside the top 15. It includes his last start at the Houston Open, seventh there, third at Punta Cana. Um, He actually was better than this 14th number at the Tour Championship, I believe, because that's with the starting strokes. I believe he was actually seventh if you started everybody at even par. So even better than that. Um, Played well at BMW Championship. Played well at the Northern Trust. I mean... I, I like that. I'm okay with the volatility around some of the other finishes, you know, the miscut at, at winged foot, the 65th and, and 41st at CJ cup and Zozo championship. I'm okay with that because he literally offsets those with top 15s. And when you're looking at him and, and he's won here, by the way, 
He won here in 2017. Uh, pretty easy to make the case that he is much better as a player now than he was in 2017 when he actually won this golf tournament. And then Doc Redman, you know, if you follow along, I, I don't really have to go too deep into this. Redman opened up at 70 to one on some books uh, on Monday morning. So I in on that uh, big time. And uh, I imagine that number is going to move if it has not moved already. That was a joke when I saw that. He's $8,000 on DraftKings. He has now earned uh, top 10 finishes or top five finishes, I think, at Wyndham, at Safeway, and in Bermuda. He's knocking on the door. I have this, I'll sort the, the Holy Grail again since the restart uh, in terms of let's do, let's do strokes gained approach. Here he is. Okay, so again, we can we can weed out the small sample size guys. So here's basically Strokes gain approach since the restart. It's Russell Henley, it's Matthew Neesmith, it's Henrik Norlander, and it's Doc Redman. Those are your top four guys who have played at least 20 rounds in the restart in terms of Strokes gained approach. Then you go to Strokes gained off the tee in the same time frame. Let's do that. Let's see what we get. Um, you get Doc Redman right here. He is basically, again, we'll weed out a couple of small sample size guys like... 18th in this field so you've got a guy who is top 20 in both the ball striking categories since the restart who has top five finishes yes like it's that's silliness to have doc at 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 70 to 1 all right before we get into the uh the 7k range let me go back to the holy grail and what i want to do is um i want to sort this by um i want to look at the rsm classic numbers here. So I'm just going to do RSM classic. I'll open up the date range. Uh, remember this is only going to show, uh, seaside data, right? So uh, I, I understand it says plantation over here, but there's no shot link data there. So I'm looking only at seaside data and guys who have played, let's say at least eight rounds, uh, Webb Simpson in his 14 rounds gains 2.2 strokes per round. That's awesome. Here's a guy in the seven K range, Denny McCarthy, 7,700. He's played 10 measured rounds around here. 2.1 strokes total. A lot of that coming on the greens, but that is kind of what Denny does. He is a much better ball striker now uh, than he was in previous versions of himself. I mean, even before the 3M Open, we've talked about it ad nauseum. Um, Harold Varner, uh, he's only played four rounds, but he shows up here in this in this 8K range that we're kind of focused on at the moment. He's gaining 1.8 strokes per round. There's Sebastian Munoz again. He's not in the 8K range, but uh, you can sort by different, and we can even sort by, we can go by putting too, right? Guys who might've been able to figure out these greens. So KH Lee in six rounds has putted the lights out. He leads the field in strokes game putting. Uh, Denny McCarthy, Luke Donald, Patton Kazire, Greg McDowell. Not that you necessarily want to play these guys, but uh, they've at least had success, measured success uh, at the seaside course over the last handful of years. So that, that kind of, you know, a couple of names were in there, right? Uh, we talked about McCarthy. We talked about uh, Br- Brendan Todd. He popped up on there as well. Um, CT Pan is 7,900. He was the, he was the guy who unlocked everything last week for a lot of optimal masters lineups. I don't know if he was actually in the final optimal, uh, but finishing seventh at, I think $6,100 last week unlocked a lot of it. Um, it. It's not his, it's not his only great finish recently, right? So seventh at the masters also 12th at the Sanderson farms. That's, Two top 12 finishes in his last four starts. And he has good history around here. Finished 6th in 2017, 13th in 2018. If he carries a little bit of that momentum along, CT Pan, kind of interesting at 7,900. 
Um, who else? Uh, Sam Burns has a couple of weapons in the bag, a couple of ball striking weapons, right? Played well in Houston. Uh, hasn't been able to close it out yet. Has gotten himself in contention at both Houston, Safeway Open. Uh, hasn't been able to close it out. Uh, 7,700. Like, if you look at, would I rather Sam Burns at 77 or, or CT Pan at 79? Probably Sam Burns still, right? I mean, uh, just because he didn't play last week, there's a lot of momentum on CT Pan. I think Sam Burns is, in theory, you know, if they played against each other a hundred times, Sam Burns wins the majority of them. Then you get some poppers down here. Like, Sepp Strzok at 76, he pops, right? Fifth in Houston, 21st in Bermuda, 14th at Safeway. He's going to miss some cuts, but he's going to pop as well. Austin Cook, to me, appears to be turning the corner a little bit. You know, second at the Shriners, 24th in Houston. That's the last time we saw him. He was a winner here. He won this event in 2018. Finished 11th in 2019, hasn't missed a cut in his last three starts over here. I mean, that's that's interesting. And I do think there is something to, um, like, ha- being able to play to like the mindset of having to play two different courses over the course of over the course of the week, um, whether you play them in uh, what order you play them in or, or whatever. I think there is something to being a bit adaptable being a bit flexible when it comes to that. And, and some guys I think do it better than others. Uh, I imagine, and before, you know, ownership comes out, I imagine HV three at 7,400 is going to be incredibly popular. He's coming off of, uh, I mean, he's, he's incredibly popular in general. He's a great ball striker and he's coming off a of 15th at Houston and a 13th at Shriners. I imagine that's going to be popular. I do wonder at the same price, what Joel Damon will come in at. Uh, you know, before the shutdown, he was on a really good stretch of golf. We haven't seen that as much recently and we haven't seen him since Zozo, right? So he finished eighth at the Zozo, didn't play Bermuda, didn't play Houston, didn't play the masters, $7,400. I'll be interested to see what that ownership is, especially in comparison to what I believe will be an incredibly popular Harold Varner, the third at 7,400. And I think you're going to get some really popular guys here, like Cam Davis at 72. Um, you know, I, I buy in a lot on just raw talent. Uh, Cam Davis has all that raw talent, right? I mean, just he can bomb it at times. Uh, he's still trying to put four rounds together, and, and we've seen him. I think it was Wyndham where he had his best crack. He was either the, was either the 36 or the 54-hole leader at Wyndham and uh, kind of punted that away. It was pretty ugly. But uh, he's, he's still, he still finds a way to make cuts, still finds a way to finish well at times, finish six at Sanderson Farms. Raw talent, 7,200. That's appealing. And then I, I imagine Henrik Norlander catches a bit of steam. Well, I don't know about that, actually. I was going to say catches a bit of steam this week, but he's coming off two consecutive missed cuts. Uh, if you're willing to look past that, you realize that he's finished fourth four starts ago. That was Sanderson Farms. You look at what he's done here, which was a runner-up finish in 2017, a runner-up finish in 2020. You look at the way he plays, generally, uh, so he's putted well here, but he's usually, at least this season, has been a better ball striker than in the short game. If he can marry those two things together, I think Henrik Norlander becomes an interesting option. Uh, And I do wonder what that ownership's going to be off off the two consecutive missed cuts. And then you look down here and sub $7,000 into the 6K range. You know, Harry Higgs is here. I think he should be back, right? He tested positive for COVID before, I want to say before Houston, I think is right. So I I think he's going to be back this week. We'll keep a close eye on it. Um, You know, he started to play well at times. Second place at Safeway, 21st at the CJ Cup. And then you get a lot of this, a lot of the similar names here. You know, Patrick Rogers, are we going to, are we going to go back to Patrick Rogers? Adam Shank, are we going to go back to Adam Shank? He just missed the cut for the first time, you know, uh, in 11 starts, I think it was for Shank. I I, I usually am willing to go back to, to 
uh, Shank probably more often than I am to, to Rodgers, although Rodgers does have the much better history here. Second in 2019, 10th in 2017. And then I think we start to get, get into some some really interesting names and we start looking for maybe course history. You know, David Hearn is probably the first one that pops out to me at 6,600. Um, in his last four trips to this event, he's gone 9th, 17th, 15th, and 30th. He's had a couple of good finishes recently, played well in Bermuda, 8th place finish there, 14th at the Safeway. Uh, both of those are this season, obviously. So, you know, if you took his average, if you got his average finish in the last four years this week, so say you got like a uh, a 20th at $6,600, you'd probably be pretty happy with that. David Hearn is someone that I'll, I'll be at least, uh, you know, seeing if I can build some lineups around. And then let's go back to the Holy Grail and see if I can find anybody under under um, like six, you know, under seven K here. So let's open this back up. We'll do since the restart. That's my that's my just go to favorite for this. So you can go since the beginning of of twenty twenty or go to the beginning of the of the season, whatever you want. Um, but let's do T to green since the restart and see if we can find some cheapos here. So uh, Martin Laird did pop up earlier, right? He only has 12 rounds, but he's been great from Tita Green. Camilo Vijegas has been great from Tita Green as well. This is the concern, uh, besides the fact that he only has 10 rounds. He's been horrible on the greens, losing nearly two strokes putting per round. Uh, in comparison, Laird has been basically just as good from Tita Green, uh, slightly worse, but like a shot and a half better on the greens. So only $800 difference between the two. Both have a small sample size. Laird certainly would get the nod from me there. Uh, talked about uh, John John Huh. Oh, Doug Gim is here, 6,700. He's been great from Tita Green, averaging over a stroke per round in the restart. So there is some real value here if you're willing to just rely on ball strikers and see what kind of performance you can get from them on the greens. All right, let's make a model before we get out of here. And this is going to be an interesting one. I'm going to put together a combination of, of, of stats I don't usually. So here's the custom model on rickrungood.com. Let's do, uh, I mean, accuracy, right? Driving accuracy was the most important. Let's do 30. Let's get freaky. Let's do 30 on accuracy and 20 on distance. Those were the two that really kind of led the way, right? I mean, I, I think that's fair. Let's do... Um, I don't want to do necessarily tee to green or off the tee because I'm kind of double counting distance and accuracy there. So let's just do approach, which I always feel to be so critically important. Let's do 25. And then because the seaside course is a par 70 and that's the course that in theory they'll be playing three times this week. Um, let's add our last 25 to the par four scoring and let's run this. Let's see what we get. Oh, mama. Yeah, I knew uh, with <laughs> with some new uh, weights, we were going to see some some new names. Sam Burns, 7,700, my top golfer. What I will note is this. So the score is important here. Uh, the score is, you know, lower is better. And a lot of times in weeks that I do this, the, the top player score might be in the teens or might be in the 20s. It's 37 this week, which to me says uh, there is real no clear, at least with the model that I just ran, clear number one in this model. So Sam Burns is technically the best score, but for the fact that that's 37, I, I'm, I'm aware of it. 
Um, then James Hahn at 6,900 and Matthew Neesmith at 7,000. Those are my three top golfers. Um, I get it, right? I, 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 I understand why. Sam Burns was someone that we talked about during, uh, during the breakdown. Russell Henley's fourth. That makes complete sense, right? Then I get Austin Cook, Martin Laird, John Huh, and Terrell Hatton. I mean, where is Webb Simpson on this list? I guess because of driving distance. I mean, Webb is all the way down here. Wow, interesting. He's probably like my 30th golfer. So now I'll have to decide if I want to go with the gut uh, and 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 roll out Weber and, and all these guys that I love. Actually, Doc Redman's probably 12th on this list for me or 10th or 12th. Um, so there's some names that I'm interested in going back to here. But wow, very interesting model. So it, you know, when you mess it around, when you mess around like that, when you when you change the inputs, obviously the outputs are going to change as well. It's fun to see. All right, I think that'll do it. Uh, again, awesome week last week for the community. Congratulations to everybody. You can enter to win uh, a subscription to RickRunGood.com this week. Follow the instructions at the beginning. Live stream. 3 p.m. Eastern time, Wednesday for ownership and questions and answers and weather, potentially anything else we want to talk about. Uh, But yeah, that'll do it. Best of luck this week at the RSM Classic, and I will talk to you guys soon.